Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Stu's Days. Uh, Stu Kedwell joining us, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management, all-around good guy, smart guy. Uh, <laughs> Stu, we, we, um, we, we, uh, we uh, I guess three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, we were on, we did Stu's Days on Friday. Yep. Then last week, Stu's Days on Thursday. Stu's Days on Wednesday. We are trending in the right direction next week. We may actually do Stu's Days on Stu's Day. That's right. Or, or every day is Tuesday, really, Dave. Oh, well, I, I, um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think that's true. Maybe your wife and kids feel that way. but uh, def- um, Definitely not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really not uh, part of that camp, but it is um, – I, I, and, I, and I, hope, uh, I hope all this fame and fortune you've gotten off doing this podcast hasn't gone to your head because that would be a – be a bad – that's when we start to go downhill when that happens. Yeah, well, that, that's highly unlikely, but uh, but uh, we'll just keep on we'll keep on chugging. The market is a humbling humbling place. So humbling place. I also uh, I also understand though that you were um, you were not humbled on the exercise bike yesterday. You were doing some uh, you were you were doing you were part of a really interesting uh, really interesting project yesterday. Yeah, we did. Uh, we we went spinning for sick kids. Yeah, and uh, I think we've done it for. You know, five years. I think we've raised fifty thousand dollars for uh, for sick kids, so it was great. But it was it was definitely warm in that spinning room. Uh, uh, I you know I I will do spinning, and I looked at my heart rate monitor on my Apple Watch, and I was running about twenty five beeps more than normal. And I kind of quickly in my head did uh, you know two twenty minus my age, and I realized that I was running a little hot. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and you don't want to do that at your age. <laughs> that's true that's true although the the pint afterwards uh felt very medicinal like uh, guinness has so many wonderful things in it i think it, it did me a lot of favors and shockingly low calorie which a lot of people don't know so uh, <laughs> so again we got we, we share lots of good numbers on the podcast with you low calories on the guinness so uh so so great work with that yesterday heard the head you were rocking the headband and that's good if it was if it was hot in the room, yep. and uh, and and we'll uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe as part of the podcast we'll have to work this out with our producers and uh, we'll get that podcast up and auction it off for uh, for charity. The, the <laughs> Stu, Stu, Stu's Day sweaty head headband. That's right. Raise some That's more right. money for the yep. for the kids. Okay, Stu. So let, let's let's get into it and and um, what, what, so so we got a couple of things I a couple of angles I want to take today. One is you know I'm just watching the uh, I, I watch the ten year Treasury rate fairly closely. Good good broad based interest rate to kind of give you an idea of of where the economy's at today and 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 where it's going and helps you with valuation in the stock market and such. And we were sitting, you know, back in the fall at, at about four four thirty three is where the U.S. ten year Treasury peaked, bottomed out uh, last month at about three thirty three, or so I shouldn't say I should be more precise uh, in January three thirty three, and now it's it's just kind of bouncing up just below four percent, and it seems like people get really really excited around that four percent number. So why do you think? Big number? Do, do big numbers like that mean anything, especially in the in the more modern world? Like when we get to four thousand on the S and P, or twenty two thousand on the on the TSX, four percent Treasury yield. Are, do, do those round numbers mean anything really? Well, I, they don't. They they you know four percent on a Treasury bond. You know we'll talk about that in a minute. Whether or not it it means something, and there are some you know some longer term financial implications that that kind of ground to 4% 10 year, but in yeah. general, 
you know, there's so much psychology in the markets. There's, you know, an old, the, and when I started, you know, some of the old traders would say that markets always reach for these big numbers, like, you know, a stock that gets to 99, will get to a hundred and, and, uh, you know, markets will sniff out, like you say, 4,000 uh, on the S and P or 4% on the 10 year, you know, and, and these kind of big figures become talking points. Um, but it's, you know, it's really just psychology. Like, I, I don't think it's, it's, uh, I don't think it's any more than that. You know, 4% on a 10 year bond is, is kind of interesting because, um, you know, for most of my career, you would kind of think of like 4% on a 10 year bond. And it's, it's that combination of, of, uh, you know, the three things that make up, uh, an interest rate over time are the inflation number, uh, the real rate of interest and the term premium. So, you know, a lot of times you would have thought, okay, inflation, two to two and a half, two to three, uh, real rate, one, one and a half, two, something like that. Like, you know, one is a pretty, you know, a real rate that, that is a bit of a headwind. So, you know, four is, is kind of been a, a, you know, a light, a light, uh, a lighthouse, so to speak, as to, you know, adding up all those numbers in different configurations, you often end up at four. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, the stock market trading at 15 times earnings, uh, you know, some people will do what they call an earnings yield. So, you know, rather than say the multiple that the stock market trades at, they'll say, what's the earnings yield, which is putting the earnings into the multiple. And, uh, you know, a 15, a 15 uh, multiple is around, uh, you know, two and three quarters percent of risk premium above the 4% uh, that would sit in the 10-year bond. And a lot of people might use numbers like that in their long-term uh, valuations. So, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, so for, you know, in the short term, do people sniff for, of course, uh, but longer term, you know, those numbers uh, sit in a lot of models and they, they do so because of that combination of, of real interest rate, term premium and inflation. Uh, you know, if you thought inflation was going to be a lot higher for a longer period of time, that's obviously what pressures interest rates, right? Yeah. And, and of course, we, we, we talked about um, psychology and markets and, and different price levels and the way you can use technical analysis. Uh, to 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 help make better decisions around investing, uh, a couple of weeks ago on on the uh, on on this uh, on this podcast. So that so that's one to to, to check back in uh, if if you're more interested. And in, again, how these different levels play psychological factors and can be used to to identify uh, again opportunities or to make better decisions in markets. So so Stu, um, that that's great stuff. I, I I like the I always like your old trader stories. I'm. Uh, I, I get a vision in my mind of the, the that trading floor that you were sitting on as a young Stu Kedwell with those <laughs> with those older fellows who I guess look like us right now. But um, one of one of the things, if you, if you can if you can believe it, Dave, I used to be able to carry sixteen coffees. <laughs> well, that, that's that's why you got to where you are. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> the because the because the kid who could only carry eight, he's uh, he's not working here anymore, is he? <laughs> So, so Stu, we we uh, w one of the things, obviously, though, that you've 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 built your reputation off is you're 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 fantastic on the analysis of Canadian banks. Um, we we've got some earnings out of Canadian banks this week, and 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 one of the things you always also do a great job is digging into those numbers because, you know, the banks are are so much have so much involvement in the Canadian economy. They're so large. That they, that they give you clues, other clues about things that are happening in, in, in other parts of the economy, other parts of the world. So 
what have you seen thus far in the in the in the bank earnings and and what do you think is is there anything it's telling us yeah well and it kind of relates a little bit to what um you know what we just talked about on interest rates so you know interest rates play such an important role in how a bank earns money so you know a couple of themes that have stood out is uh first is when interest rates start to rise uh, banks normally make more money because their net interest margin expands and this quarter uh, I would say we're starting to see the kind of maturation of that. It doesn't it doesn't mean that they wouldn't benefit if rates went a little bit higher, but the majority of the benefit has likely been felt to some degree. Yeah. And then the second thing is is that you know so so a good chunk of a bank is is uh, the amount of assets that they originate. So you know volume times price uh, for a business and in, in the banking world is assets times your net interest margin. That's how you create you know half your revenue. And asset growth also started to slow a little bit in some of the traditional uh, businesses. So uh, interest rates rise, demand for loans starts to drop. Um, and that's you know kind of how the economy cooling uh, shows its way inside of inside of a bank statements. Um, you know, then there's a whole bunch of non-interest revenue, which, you know, some is kind of cyclically depressed for a variety of reasons. But you know, all things considering the you know, I would say the, the, the revenue lines were, were pretty much in line with expectation. The one area that was quite strong was the trading results. Mm. And, um, and you know, probably the best leading indicator for trading results is what corporate bond spreads have done in the past quarter. Yeah. And they narrowed. And when they narrow, that's normally pretty good for trading, um, just as a, as a rule of thumb. So... You know, what we're seeing is we're seeing uh, loan growth starting to slow. We're seeing uh, the benefits of net interest margin starting to mature. We're seeing trading, you know, still quite strong. And provisions for credit, I would say, were kind of in line for expectations. And, you know, because the economy has remained quite strong, we haven't really seen, you know, people are still kind of braced for that, uh, for provisions to rise. Hasn't, you know, really happened so far. And then the last component is, is uh, you know, expenses have been, a little bit elevated just as the banks deal with some of the inflationary pressures that all businesses are dealing with. Um, and, uh, and you know, like any good management team, they'll get to work on that over time about, you know, trying to, you know, keep those in check uh, under different scenarios. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the numbers themselves have been, you know, kind of, you never like to say totally consistent because there has been a little bit of share price movement, but I wouldn't say there's been, uh, you know, if, if whatever camp you were in before the earnings were reported, you're probably in the same camp afterwards. Probably in the same camp. But but, but any 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 signs that you're that, I mean, again are the, are the banks in any way reflecting what the expectation is? Maybe the most anticipated recession we've ever had in history of that potential slowdown and drop into a recession. Anything there that's giving us any clues that that might be coming or, or more evidence that that's coming around the corner? Well, like, you know, like there were some credit measures that, you know, ticked up a little bit from where they'd been, but they're still in many, in many instances below where they were pre-COVID. Yeah. So it, it's hard to totally draw that conclusion. When you see loan growth, you know, start to slow a little bit, again, like it's not, it's not an immediate cause of recession, but it's the type of precursor to slowing activity. Like when, when you start cutting off uh, loan growth, then like the economy is fueled by loan growth. Yeah. So that doesn't mean it goes into a big recession, but it is fueled by loan growth, and you're starting to see that slow a little bit. 
it's slowing because interest rates are higher. And, you know, so if I'm a business and, and I could borrow money at this price before and I could go do something with it, I have to be able to do something better in order to pay a higher interest rate. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you're seeing some combination of that, that, uh, you know, it's, but again, it's like, it's quite consistent with, you know, like an economic forecast of, you know, zero to 1% growth. So, so there's there's nothing you know. If Jerome Powell uh, is uh, is peering up into Canada and looking at Canadian bank results, there's nothing that's changing his thoughts in the direction that the Federal Reserve has to go with interest rate policy in the U.S. I don't I don't think so. Like I think you know probably the biggest the biggest thing that the central bankers are looking at is like they have what they call hard economic data, which is the yeah. real numbers, and there's kind of sentiment driven economic data, and the hard numbers uh, remain strong. The, the sentiment uh, data, that remains a little bit more mundane. Like, like there's a big gap between what people think and what's actually happening. And, uh, you know, the bears say that that will close by going to what people think should happen because we're everyone's kind of braced for something. And uh, the bulls say, you know, we're braced for it and it won't come. And then people will uh, begin to, to, uh, to unwind a little bit. Um, there's a lot of deposits in the system, which, uh, you know, delay uh recessionary type activity like like the average person the ability to withstand a slowdown still is pretty good um and then and then of course you know the, you know the interest rate side we always talk about it from a lending standpoint but for savers all of a sudden they've got some more uh, glue in their pocket right they're they're doing better so there's lots of, there's just so many things going on right now uh you know i'm i'm uh, you know hesitant to say that there's a real shift uh, in any direction going on here yeah, and, and, um, and, and I mean, I guess what, we, what we've talked about in, in you know, the, the last couple of episodes is, the, uh, is, is that February, the, that, that hard data has come out a little stronger than people would have thought, uh, give, given the backdrop. And, and here we are again, and we talk about technical levels. Markets are kind of sitting at some of these key technical levels, now waiting for the next shoe to drop, which is a whole bunch of data in March that uh, that's going to give us, uh, you know, more clues around where we actually are in this economy. And uh, it's really going to start with the big uh, jobs number in the U.S. next week. Yeah, that's that's right. Like I, you know, I think most people are still in the camp that if the economy hasn't slowed, it will. Um, revenue might be OK. Cost pressures will exert some influence. Um, and, you know, that's just that's the period of digestion that we're going through and, and seeing how it resolves. Um, you know, the other important thing too is, is that there's not this kind of uh, area that, that you're just saying, well, that's just kind of lit up in terms of too much leverage in that particular area. Like, you know, there are other ingredients that go into, you know, there's something that takes it from a, a more significant slowdown or a kind of not normal slowdown. Like there's no such thing, but, you know, a slowdown to something more significant, um, so, you know, that it's, it's just, it's just kind of this, like, I, you know, I think that the best analogy is that that difference between the survey kind of soft data and the hard data, like there's a lot of people out there feeling like things are hard and, you know, that we should be braced for something, but it just hasn't quite arrived. And, um, and, and that's the gap that we're focused on. Well, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the folks at the charity ride yesterday were expecting a slower stew. He's <laughs> older every year. He shows up at the charity event, but he shows up and, and kills it, kills it for the kids. So that's uh, once again, Stu. Thanks for doing that, and uh, 
and thanks for joining us uh, on uh, on the podcast. Great. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. And we'll talk to you soon. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.